again to King of Kaiju, a monarch, the legacy of monsters podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the state or Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? I'm good. Excellent. Today is December 19th, 2023, that we're recording this, because sometimes our listeners like Pam are always curious when we record our episodes, because they don't usually come out immediately after they're recorded. However, this one will, since this is part of the King of Kaiju podcast, because it's a timely podcast to talk about each week of the television series, Monarch, A Legacy of Monsters. Uh, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. We have an email, which is darkdiscussions at aol.com, and we have a uh, Facebook group called Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook Group. Uh, this is one of the podcasts within the network, uh, and the three co-hosts here are joined by uh, another co-host uh, to do the Dark Discussions Podcast, which is a weekly podcast that's been going on since, I believe, 2012, 11, something like that. But uh, so a good over a decade for sure. Um so uh, a couple of things. Uh, you can email us, as I stated, at darkdiscussions.aol.com, and we will read your email on this podcast. Just write Kaiju or uh, – yeah, Kaiju would be fine. K-A-I-J-A in the subject and then whatever your real subject would be. And then we will read it on the podcast here. Uh, the reason to put Kaiju in the subject is so – uh, we can do a global search in email and find your uh, email easily because a lot of times our emails get lost in the mix of all the screener emails and companies from uh, Hollywood as well and deep companies and stuff that are trying to have us review their films. Um, so uh, what do we do here on uh, King of Kaju Progress? We basically – are a after-show type of podcast. So basically the episode comes out, I believe, each Friday, and then we record usually the beginning of the, the week that comes to talk about that prior Friday's episode of the television uh, show, which is on Apple+. Plus. Um, the show stars Kurt Russell, among others. Uh, this episode here of the podcast is to talk about episode six of the television show, Terrifying... Miracles, uh, directed by Marzi Almas and written by Carl Greenfield, which uh, debuted December 15th, 2023. Again, that being uh, last Friday since we've recorded this. 
so uh, what we do here is we talk about everything and anything about the television series uh, because we do uh, believe that everyone that's listening is a fan of the show and, or, or hates the show and wants to hear us discuss uh, our opinion on it, uh, similar to uh, after game of a foot, NL football game or Major League Baseball on sports radios, but this we do the TV show. Um, all right. Uh, oh, and then we do a a kaju of the week at the end, and I believe it's uh, Mike's turn for that. Uh, so let's get into our thoughts on terrifying miracles, and then we will uh, discuss. So uh, let's start with you, Barrett. Um, so I think this episode got back to the format that works best for this show, um, with flashbacks to the fifties stuff, to what's currently going on, um, in their present day, which is 2015, I think. Um, it flowed a lot better and it was much, much more enjoyable than the last two episodes. And it kind of matched the, um, first ones for me. So I was, Nicely surprised. I was hoping they wouldn't keep continuing with a bad set of episodes, and this one did not disappoint me. Um, we'll see where they go from here. Uh, they're still not out of the woods, <laughs> so we'll see where we get when we get to the end. That's a good song by Taylor Swift, Out of the Woods. <laughs> um, all right, sounds good, Barrett. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I pretty much concur with uh, Barrett. Uh, I had uh, one minor issue. Um, with the, the the flashback scene or the the 1955 scene at the ball, uh, but otherwise, uh, this was a, a pretty fun episode, a pretty solid episode. Uh, reminded me uh, more of the first three episodes of the series versus the last two, which I just felt were terrible. Um, so um, yeah, this was a, a good episode, and I think. Um, um, so far, it's a it's a good high point or middle episode of the series, season one. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah, it's definitely more of a return to form. Um, I definitely like this one much more, uh, and it's not because they focused less on character. I think, uh, if anything, uh, I think the character stuff here really worked well. Uh, and I can say that because they did a thing that I really wasn't looking forward to them doing, and I was hoping they weren't going to do, but they did it anyway, and I liked how they did it. So, um, you know, kudos to them. Uh, I have a minor problem uh, with the ending, uh, which is just really where they chose to stop the episode. Um, but otherwise, I really liked what they've done, and I, I think they've fixed a major problem that you pointed out last week. Which we'll get to, uh, and um, I think I figured out maybe uh, watching this why the past characters seem to work better than the present characters. But we'll see. We'll spit. That, we'll kick that around. Okay, sounds good. All right, so uh, that's our thoughts on the episode. And uh, as stated, uh, we now pretty much talk about everything and anything. Uh, related to the show, this specifically this episode and, and whatnot. Um, all right, so um, I do want to just throw this out the elephant in the room, at least for me, that the one thing I didn't like, just to get it past us, because uh, I'm going to have to bring it up, because uh, I want to bring it up, um, is uh, the Japanese uh, comments in, in the first 
10 minutes of the show where uh, this is literally 10 years after the war. Um, someone, um, they were at the, at the ball, and then they were talking about the good Japanese, meaning, quote-unquote, oh, you're one of the good ones. And I, I felt... It, none of that was was necessary. I, I would have felt it would have been better if they had gone with um, maybe maybe the, her being a, a woman. If they wanted to do quote unquote, I guess um, identity politics for for the scene. Um, but but uh, again, you know, these people who were there um, lost tens of thousands of of people in the war against Japan and Germany and I I feel that um the what they said wasn't even offensive at all. Uh it was the General Puckett who brought came up and he goes, Oh, this is one of the good ones and I don't even think that was necessary. I, I don't think the scene was necessary at all and I don't know why they went that way. Um but that's all I had as a problem with the episode. Otherwise, uh, everything else was, was good for me. Um, so where, where do we want to begin? Anybody can comment on, on that, but we can also, oh. you know, begin to other, go further too. But go on. I, I was going to mention, I've, I've watched a few recaps of the show and a lot, everyone has pointed that out. Uh, I, I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's um, out of character. I don't think what the character, uh, the general is saying, uh, is coming from a place of um, bigotry, you know, of, of, of hatred, right? Now, it, there is definitely bias, there's definitely prejudice, and let's remember, uh, you are talking, um, like I said, it's, you said it's a decade after, but these are all people who did fight in the war. And Pearl Harbor uh, definitely had an impact on American psyche. I do think that you had a bigger problem if you were Japanese in America, or if you were Japanese-American, than if you were German-American during the war. Totally agree, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is some aspect of it of, of I would argue, that of racism being a problem, uh, or contributing to it. But it's not, uh, like, plan rally racism. Um, it is pretty typical of the time. I'm not endorsing it. I'm saying I think it's natural, and I don't think it's necessarily coming out of a place. And, and when you say plan... Uh, you don't mean Ku Klux Klan. You mean you mean uh, tribalism. No, I don't think. I'm saying I don't think it's Klan rally. I'm, 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 oh, I'm okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's it's the sort of bias that I would see, you know, with my my father who grew up in the 50s, and you know, he grew up in New York City, and he was a young Irish kid running around, and he ran around in a with a a quote unquote gang of of. Uh, young Irish boys, because that's how things work. Whatever your your ethnic clique was, actually, that's who you associated with. And they would talk shit with the, the gang of Italian boys and with the gang of Jewish boys, the gang of black boys, the gang of Hispanic boys. Um, wherever you were from, you know, that's how you were. You were judged. And again, I'm not saying that was. I'm not approving of it. I'm just saying it's how things were. Yeah, um, it's, well, it's very, very, it's very true. I mean, uh, uh, Jack Kerouac, uh, the author, the famous uh, American author, wrote a book called Maggie May, and, and literally the first chapter is about a, a French group of boys that living in Lowell, Massachusetts, and one of the boys that they hung out with was Greek, 
and they always brought it up and and they liked them and and it was important because back in those days ethnicity was very important because a lot of folks were uh new immigrants uh, including the french who came from quebec so so i i concur what you're saying uh now the germans americans are a little different as we know eisenhower was uh, the head of the, the, uh, actually the Allied Forces military in, in Europe. And he was a hundred percent German American to my knowledge. And his ancestors, like most German Americans, uh, come, go back to the 1780s. And, you know, because of all the Hessians and all that. And Germans are the largest ethnic group in the United States today. Even if you include, um, Latinos and whatnot, if you, as, as specifically ethnic based off the country of origin, Germans are, are number one by 33% of the United States uh, people have German. So, so it's very common uh, thing. Um, and this, like you said, Mike, was right after the war. And, and I said that as well. But, you know, you can look today and we're not even in war with the country, but you talk to people about Russia, people – I've heard terrible things said about Russian people uh, today, and and we're not even at war with them, and and it's but it's the similar. <laughs> and to blame of, them in general for anything is I don't know whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So so I I, I see why. I, I mean I, I see these things occur, but but I think in this context in this show, it felt more of like. Um, and I know you hate this term, Barrett, uh, woke, woke crap that they were trying to force on us without putting it into context of the times. And, and I felt that was weird. But anyway, I think sorry the to, thing is we, 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 we are – Keiko is our point of view character there, um, we, Keiko and Shaw. And we're going to identify, I think, with them as the audience more than we're going to identify with the general who – Yeah, Puck Yeah, who, who is uh, – Seems like a good guy, actually, based off of what I've seen in this episode. Yeah, but, he's, but he has been more of a, a little bit more of an uh, uh, he's a, he's adversarial a, character. So, yeah, well, right, 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 right. But as a human make, being, he seems like a good guy. But you're right. He's in a, a, a bit like that in the show. Go on, Barrett. I'm sorry. You make a good point, though. I mean, you contextualizing this would be helpful because there are a lot of people that are very young now <laughs> that don't really have any idea of Pearl Harbor. I mean, right. they don't well, have or, or, or Iwo, of, Iwo Jima or Guadalcanal. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their relatives I mean, are not alive anymore Midway. that were there. You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, we could, we could go on and on with all the major battles, never mind Pearl Harbor, and the yeah. people that lost. Um, you know, and, and the animosity, you know, even after Nam, people had issues with, with Vietnam still back when I was a kid. And, and now, you know, like in the city I just mentioned that Jack Kerouac uh, wrote about, Lowell, Massachusetts, uh, one of the largest ethnic groups in that, that, that city, uh, Indo-Chinese, specifically Vietnamese, Cambodian, Laotians. And, and they're the first city to even have a Cambodian uh, politician um, of, of Cambodian ancestry. So, you know, again, you know, back in the seventies, people were, weren't too happy about it. And now they're, they're voting them in, into the government in Lowell, Massachusetts. So, so it's, it, this is te- literally 10 years after the war, you know, and like you said, Barrett, Pearl Harbor. And then I just mentioned Guadalcanal and Iwo Jima and Midway and, you know, on and on and on. So, oh, oh Solomon Islands, you know, so it's, and dozens and 
dozens, what am I saying? Uh, uh, tens of thousands of soldiers on both sides, never mind the civilians in those areas, uh, like the Solomon people, were, were, were killed for nothing, you know, over, over stupid war. You know, and, and people, as Mike mentioned, these people here were, were actually in that war fighting it. And so, you know, I, I don't know, it was just... A little silly oh, scene. But, but I'll also point out there's there was also them getting sideways glances while they were dancing together. Um I yeah. have a problem when we whitewash history, for lack of a better term. Yeah, sure. Um and so whenever you see and I guess you could argue to some degree that's happening here with our main characters, where the lead characters in a historical setting Never are never racist, are never sexist, never supported support slavery. Um, <laughs> you know, they're always they're always on the right side of where we are now. Um, not to mention they tend to follow modern hygienic practices too. Um, but <laughs> um, the reality is, if you go back to 1955, ball. or is this when this is? Yeah, 1955 ball. Yep. Um, is you know the the country was. 95, 90, 95% against the idea of interracial couples. So it makes sense that they got people kind of giving them a sideways glance. Um, but thankfully, you know, it's 70 years later, and uh, the countries, the numbers on that have completely flipped. Um, I don't know who the 50% are that still are against it, but, um, you know, but, but, the, nobody, but this was, nobody thinks it, twice about it. And even that I felt was a little silly too, Mike, in this episode because no one knows whether or not they're together or not. It's just two people at a, at a party that are, are dancing, and and the person that's dancing that doesn't matter foreign, to gossipers. No, no, right, but but yeah. it's a foreign. It's a foreign national. So if a foreign national, especially of importance, that comes from a foreign country. I, I, especially at that time, I don't. I wouldn't think it would have been a big deal. But again, I think it's. It was more it happened to be that the person was more Japanese than the inter ethnicity of the two characters dancing. I think it was people may still have animosity to Japan based off of what happened at Guadalcanal in Iwo Jima and, and Pearl Harbor and so on and so forth. So, you know. I, I, but I guess, yeah, you could say it was an interracial thing too, Mike. I, I, I didn't get that, but I, I can, I can see that point. I, I got it more as, as the, the uh, war thing, you know, because I, I've seen stuff where, where, you know, a, you know, Egyptian princess or, or not princess, but, you know, debutante would come to a, a thing in DC and she would dance back in, in the day with Americans and no one would, would, Bad an eye because it's an important dignitary, you know. So I, I didn't get the ethnicity thing, but but you could be right. Well, it could also be that he's being groomed for a higher position at this point by that one guy, and yeah. maybe him just dancing with her is a big deal to them because of that. I mean, we just don't know. There's yeah, a lot I, of I, possibilities. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, yeah, yeah, we don't know enough about Pocket's point. I, uh, and well, I guess we can get further into that. Was he trying to separate them intentionally, or was he didn't give a rat's ass about them? He just wanted to hit this guy to be right here doing the job that he wanted. And if him to go off 
I mean, because his speech in the backyard made complete sense to me, which is, yeah, uh, you, you get the people who go onto the field and then you have the people that uh, quote unquote, the generals. In other words, you got the, the workers and then you got the person uh, executive that sits, sits back at the office and has to do all the paperwork. And, but I think, I think the crux of the problem is the reason he left is because of her and Puckett knew that that was going to be the one thing to draw him away because otherwise right. he would have done his duty. Right, right. So so maybe that yeah, yeah. So I actually so I don't think Puckett and this is what my what I believe when I saw the episode, Puckett wasn't being uh a dink. He was what he was trying to do was we need you here and if her job is over there, you know, uh you know, visitor, you know, when you're on vacation or, or when she comes back off the field, but it, you can't be with her continuously because we need you here and you have to make that decision. And he gave him the, the option too. He said, yeah. you can make this decision by staying here and doing the job I need you to do here, or you can go off and chase the girl and you can't do both. Or if you do both, you, you're going to have to balance it by staying here. And then she comes and visits or you go and visit her or not. You can't be well, on the field with her. What's worse is we know from the episode we've already seen in the beginning that she appears to be with the other guy. Right. Yeah, and even in, in this episode in this episode here, it's already beginning to seem that they both are wooing her without I, I don't well, I don't we know. We don't see a lot of Randa in this episode, but there is a moment later uh when he when Shaw first shows up. And uh, he's talking with uh, Suzuki, and he says, you know, he makes a comment about being a about being a third wheel and being a fourth wheel. Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. That's true. Yep. So he so he is clearly aware that that there seems to be something uh, going on between these two. Now, I do think, and, and I I said I think I cracked why we one of the reasons why these characters work better for us um, than the modern age characters I think has to do with the fact that we met these characters at the end of their relationship when they all got along they were a team working together um, I think that's just made them likable and then of course there's a tragedy that, that happens at the end so we know where these guys are headed Are headed. Right. Whatever, we also growing, know whatever that... growing pains there are are not we, we, we take differently whereas the other characters are Still not really seeing eye to eye. They they still have not quite gotten all on the same page. Um and they're keeping secrets from each other. They're butting heads. And it's just they're just not as pleasant to watch interact together as I think these three are. Yeah, I I also before we get into the comparison of the two and then getting and moving forward to twenty fifteen and, and their weirdness, those characters. Right. I, I, this is not a, a insult to the show, this is just observation of characters. I wonder how Rander and Shaw's relationship can be because obviously if Rander at this point knows that Shaw is wooing uh, Miori – I think I pronounced her name right – and and uh, Miori likes Shaw, which Rander appears to seem to know this, later, as we know, only a couple of years later – She's pregnant with Randa's child, and it appears they're married or, or common law or on the way to marriage. And if that's the case, th this I don't see how the, this friendship between Randa and Shaw could last because if 
you, you don't swoop in to take the girl. Uh, even if you, you're a girl, you don't work with the girl. You're actually, you don't, you don't date your buddy's ex-girlfriend. You just Especially don't do after he left a really good possible position right. for her, but he did not consult with her about that. So right. that's kind of his fault. And she had already said, we won't be good together. So I don't know. It's a, it's a hard call because sometimes the woman decides those factors, not the man or most yeah, of the yeah. time the women decide the factor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point, Barrett. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think we have to see the fallout from this. Their relationship hasn't gotten anywhere yet. No, nope. at least in modern terms. So it's not his girl at this point. In, in yeah, well, it, 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 it was almost. It was going to be. Almost. They were about to com- consummate the relationship before marriage and all that back in the Right, but they did. And, and as far as we know, blocked him. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not engaged. And as far as we know, they weren't even dating. They just went to one function together. Yep. And this is at the very early stages of this relationship. Um, and I, so I, I don't know how or where Randa is, how far they went. It's quite possible that Shaw just ruined everything by his romantic gesture because what matters to her most is Monarch. Yep. And he's now put the whole thing in jeopardy. Because he's not in charge anymore. For his, for lack of a better term, for his selfishness in terms of dealing with his emotional need to chase after her. Um, rather than stay and get the job done. His role, right, which I think they established well in episode three, is to be the hard-headed practical guy who can na- na- uh, navigate the uh, political waters of D.C., of the military, you know, and, and keep them funded and keep everything going. And he fucked that up badly. Um. And chase after her for no particular reason. It's not like his presence there was going to save her from Godzilla. Right, right. Um, and so that might kind of drive a wedge. And because Rand is more on the science side, he his goals may align better with hers long term. As far as their relationship, you know, anything can happen. If you're talking with a child, anything can happen with one mistake, right? Um, they may end up sleeping together and she gets pregnant. Well, back in the 50s, you probably would have gotten married, even if you were a fairly uh, modern woman back then. You'd still, especially coming out of a Japanese culture, you would have been expected to marry the husband, uh, marry the father of that child. Um, I have seen people speculate that maybe Rand is... is uh, Actually, Shaw's child, which is really where I don't want them to go, because uh, there's already just enough weird stuff going on with this family. Right. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a str- it's a strange thing. This 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 show is is definitely into uh, bedroom politics. But anyway, continue. Yeah, well, I mean, the the forbidden love child isn't a new thing, right? The the so and so, but like you 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 you've used the term uh, soap opera a bit. The last couple of days, uh, last couple of episodes, right? The soap opera stuff, and and certainly the, it's really the secret love child of Shaw and Keiko, is very much soap opera stuff. I'd be too um, much for me. And yeah, and if it's too much for you, it's it's just too much. So, um, 
I'm hoping it doesn't go that route. I hope what we do see is a, a decent relationship between these these two characters. I'm still betting, putting money down on her popping up alive by the end of the uh, end of the season. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> right. And, and now I don't know she, how she old she'll age. be. Right. She may not have aged at all. Exactly. Yeah. Hello. But um. Okay. But anyway, so uh, what was I saying? So I think that that could be why. So that's going to be what might open the door for Bill Randa to move in on her later. Um, and then that's that's really all I was con- was getting at. Right, right. Um, now, Mike, you wanted to bring up the comparison, or, or even begin to talk about the characters and. In- 2015. I will say I'm horrified about next week because it looks like we're going to have another soap opera episode because that's going to be the backstory of May. Um, so I don't I don't think next week's episode is going to be as exciting. Um, so, but here, yeah, you're right. The characters here um, in 2015. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely like, like you said, Barrett, with your intro of your opinion of this episode, going back to the prior three episodes, and and I think, yeah, you're right. It's just like you said, Mike. The three characters from the past are, are just more fun. I mean, they're they're all likable characters. They have better but, chemistry, even if they're not disag- even if they're not agreeing and disagree, and they are disagreeing. They are more interesting. And, and I also even like the side characters more. And, and, and don't get me wrong, there's not many. I mean, uh, Puckett, uh, the, the general, is the only one of significance. But but I, I like his character, too, because he's just a no-nonsense, this is how it is, you know, this is the life we chose. And, and it's all morally correct. He's not, he's not being amoral or, or evil. And he's just saying this he's is He's doing it. his job. He's doing right. his job. You know, while the characters in the future, you have three annoying uh, 20-somethings. Um, you have the monarch that's, I don't know. And I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, we, we can get into it. We can we can talk about it. Well, but I, I think, before, yeah, I think one of the big things, and, and you hit it last week, when you said, um, said why are we um, – what are these? You know, what are, why are we following these characters? What are these? What are they doing? And well, they're, they're trying to find the father. And you said, "But why do we care about finding the father?" And they fixed that problem. True. Um, because, and this was something that probably should have established, if not in episode one, then maybe by episode three, right? Um, I think it doesn't, been, doesn't redeem the, the father because if he's alive and healthy, and he's not talked to his family and pretended he's dead, that's kind of weird. The whole thing's just bizarre. But anyway, continue. Right. Well. But I think part of it is that, A, they were chasing after them to find out what happened to the father yeah. without us officially knowing the father was alive. Right. So there's no urgency because we're just trying to find what happened to him. And, that, well, if he's dead, it doesn't matter when we find him or if we find him. Right. Um, and, and there's no stakes to finding him other than satisfying maybe their, their curiosity or giving them emotional closure, but we are not invested with these characters enough to give a shit about that. Um, now, this is a very superficial thing, but hey, uh, 
there might be G-Day times a thousand. That gives us reason to find him, and he's trying to stop it. Well, if we if we knew that back in episode one, two, or three, that adds real motivation and purpose to these characters. We know that the father's alive, you know, then and that they're not just searching for corpse, and that he's trying to stop the end of the world. Then yeah, that that gives huge motivation, especially since they've done so much to bring the um of uh. The, the the scale of G Day, right, of the destruction of San Francisco in these first for those first five episodes. Um to show just how bad that is. And now we're just saying, okay, now there's a risk of us hitting that times a thousand. Oh well, yeah, we gotta stop this. And if they had restructured <laughs> some of this a little bit, we would have given a shit about what they were doing. No matter how trite and superficial the we have to stop the end of the world story is because it's a giant monster movie and they're all about stopping the end of the world. That's how these things go. Um, saving a city or something like that. Um, but I also think we have characters who bicker, who don't get along, who aren't giving us reasons to like them. Where I don't think that's the case with Randa and Keiko and Shaw in the 1950s because we saw them functioning together as a team. We saw them working well together, and we saw them united by a tragedy. Well, at least two of them united by a tragedy. One of them, the tragic fate befalls her. And that gets us emotionally invested in them. And it, there's also the fact that I think they're, they're, I, they seem to be older characters a little bit, um, or at least they're more, more mature characters, and that is definitely not the case with um, the characters in the present. Um, and and they're focused. We know what's, what's pushing them. They they have a goal to investigate the monsters. Uh, we're on their side. I, I think all that just helps. I think that just helps us be on board with them. Yep, I, I would concur. I would concur uh, completely. And, and their story is more interesting too. I mean, um, like like you brought up. Um, I, I was saying, why do we even care? They're looking for the father, and, but fortunately, they they finally answered that. But you know, the uh, the first five episodes were just going along, and I'm just saying. I, I don't know why we're doing it, but but now at least we we got somewhere. Um, but of course, they're still bickering, and of course, now they're separating again, uh, three different groups this time. Well, and here's the problem with that. All I want to see is Kurt Russell and the other woman. I don't care about the kids anymore. It's like well, I don't yeah. care about the father. I don't care about the kids. I want to see what Kurt Russell's character has in mind to do. Right, right. It's got yeah. a big plan. It's interesting. Why the heck would those kids not go with him? And it just seems from a story perspective, now they've split it into three. They're going to waste time with this other storyline I don't care about, but I know is eventually going to connect. Right, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no they're, you know they're going to come back together and eventually meet up with Russell and the father again at some point. We, we do know that. Um, let me ask you this. Did, did, I, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure, but I'm guessing. It's the case based off of what I read on Wikipedia. Is Tim dead? No. The guy in the helicopter? No. They said okay. all they found were bodies. That's what I thought. I was wondering, too, because it seemed strange. 
Yeah, because he's Wiki, not dead because he's he's he he shows up in the trailer for later episodes. Um, uh, okay, and, <laughs> and, and, I, and it would be insane for them to kill off a character at this point. Uh, so that, yeah, especially if they didn't de- they developed him as if he was going to be important, but then they eliminated him without ever showing his true importance. And why does too. he need to tell the helicopter pilot to pull up when there's these big things coming up out of the ground that could yeah. hit the blades? Come on! Well, I don't know that he needs to, I, but I imagine anybody <laughs> in that situation would, would be saying it, yes. Would be, oh, but, but you, the, the pilot! pilot. You would think the pilot would, would just do it himself, right? The moment that something starts popping out of the, the you go the, up higher, yeah, or you, or you fly east or west. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sure the pilot is thinking. I, I thinking I would tell you I know to pull up. Just sit down and shut up. Unfortunately, I'm not paid for a speaking part, so I have to just sit here and listen. To you. <laughs> um, but I think Gary, you uh, you raised a good point. Like, so why or was it Phil who said like why you know. What do these kids bring to the table? Why are we following them? Think yeah, like I said a Mission that. Impossible. Yeah. Think, right, think <laughs> of it about a Mission Impossible movie or the TV show, right? You have, oh, well, we need this person. Here's the lead. Here's the undercover person. Here's the computer guy. Here's, everyone has a job, right? And we understand what their job is. We understand what their job is of the three in the 1950s. Right. We go to the president. Now imagine the Mission Impossible where it's like, he's our lead agent. This is our under, this is our, our, our spy. This is our intelligence officer. This is our, our money person. Here is our computer guy. Here's their daughter. Here's their, 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 their stepbrother. Here is their former romantic interest. Like what, why, why, why are they there? Why are they on the team? That doesn't make any sense. And yeah, so in this case, you're right. Why are we, why are they even going on on this? They're, they're, yeah, they don't have a place. I think that's a great point. They don't have a natural fit in in this team. Yeah, and to keep splitting them up, it's just. I mean, this yeah. is the third time. I, you've got to stop with that, especially in the wilderness when there, where there's nobody. Yeah. And there's I don't care if nothing. he says. I don't. I don't care if he says you're ten clicks away. This is the the, the Saharan. Are pretty close to the Sahara Desert, <laughs> and and ten clicks is what ten miles, I think. Well, or just head that way. What is ten their, kilometers? Then maybe. Yeah, what is their ten, their, no, ten, their ten point of view? Ten kilometers, and that's going to be that's less about than six five miles. That's about six. Yeah, right. Six. Yeah, yeah. It's about five miles. But again, five all you have miles. to do is go. All you have to do is go the wrong way. We, we right. saw a Blair Witch Project. Circles what and happened? circles. Yeah, exactly. We a saw flat a, plane is not necessarily easy unless you have some point of reference to go towards. Right, right. And you have to cr- cr- climb over those <laughs> those high mountains or hills there, too. It's yeah, like, I mean, come on. It was like it, the Alaska part where we're out in the middle of the cold tundra and, and we're going to just find something to save yeah. us. Yeah, it's 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 a little little silly. I, I don't I don't like how they they keep on splitting them up. It's it's definitely a little silly. Um, the other thing that bothered me too that in that scene, and 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 it may just be a nitpick was when Godzilla comes up and and they all get thrown and they all roll down that hill. All I was thinking of, I had to rewind it like three times to make sure that Kurt Russell's character was one of them. <laughs> because because he would be broken. He's a seventy-something-year-old man in real life, and he's supposed to be ninety-something here. And I don't care how you know he's not aged as much as he should. 
Well, they haven't said he's superhuman. Su- right, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's just super- slowly aging, not he's superhuman. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. still in his early 70s, let's be actor, so. <laughs> yeah. You would think something would happen. Bones broke. Something would break. I, I just couldn't believe no one got hurt. It was just weird. But, again, that may just be a nitpick, you know. Well, they were rolling it down is, a hill but... that seemed to be, like, it wasn't a hill that had a whole lot of, like, that I that from what I saw a lot of big rocks and things for someone to smack their head off. You know, the, rocks that. Were fo- the rocks were following them <laughs> <laughs> from Godzilla coming out. All that and, earth was moving on top of them in the jeep too. Yeah. <laughs> but, Sorry, but Mike. But Mike, you, you, you could be right. It's, it's it may just be a nitpick. It's it's no big deal. It's it's whatever. But, it is. It's what we see in movies. And I have more of a annoying. problem with the fact that it, that the the Jeep, who must have paid handsomely for this uh, product placement, uh, is thrown up in the air, rolls down the hill, and they just upright it, and it runs just perfectly fine. <laughs> the exact same thing. I was like, she's just going to push that over herself, isn't she? And they're going to start riding it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate, unfortunate. (laughs) There are some details that they could tighten up in this show that would make it feel better, um, aside from the plot stuff that we have issues with. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I did a little research, and uh, it's getting fairly decent reviews. You know, uh, not not like Game of Thrones at its best, but but it it won't. Yeah, yeah. Well, it won't. Yeah, I mean. I was reading some of the receptions here, and it says like RogerEbert.com. Uh, they, they that website now does um, TV reviews as well, and uh, they wrote they praised the performances of Kurt and Wyatt Russell, but he, but uh, the, the writer expressed dissatisfaction with the writing, describing the characters as underdeveloped, the plot is lacking depth, and the dialogue is too lengthy. So so again, we may. Be sounding poo-pooing here and there, but I, I think we're pretty much on board with a lot of these writers that I've been reading. It's it's just that we're 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 speaking out, and and so it's easier for people to just plug in a podcast and hear us say stuff versus actually going around searching for reviews uh, on Google. So, but I, I think I think we're as fair as everybody else that's been reviewing this. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, generally, I like it more than some of the shows we have watched. So, uh, most of them. It had a couple bad episodes for me so far, and we're talking what? How many episodes have we had total? Five uh, or six? six? Five, five or six now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're more than a fifty percent good rating, I think. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're pretty much uh, four out of six that are good, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, some, it, yeah we always have to remember that. And when you're talking about professional reviewers, professional reviewers are paid to review what they're paid to review. Fan yep. reviewers, which is where we are and where most podcasts are and where most uh, YouTube reviewers are going to be, um, are reviewing things that they want to watch. So we're predisposed towards liking a giant monster movie in a way that, uh, you know, your average critic might not. Um, I will say I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to what other people were saying, but I did. I had a little bit of a a, a drive to do. Uh, this weekend, and so I uh, was listening to a few uh, like episode reviewers, and for this latest episode, and yeah, they they were all basically saying uh, that they all hate McKay, they all, uh, and nobody liked the last episode, um, or very few people, or if they liked it, they didn't like it nearly as much as they did the 
uh, first three. And so they were all kind of citing this as a return to form. So we are we are definitely not alone in our uh, distaste for where they went last episode and for the lack of monster action. Which, again, if I don't mind the lack of monster action, we don't get much monster action towards until the end of the film, uh, this episode. And I was perfectly fine with... Uh, uh, what do you call it? with with the episode up until that point anyway? And that scene is so awesome. I could have just yeah. had that scene, and it could have been the only part of the episode, and I've been happy. Now, which scene? <laughs> which scene? When Godzilla comes up out of the earth? Oh, in Algeria, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, such yeah, an yeah. awesome scene, right? Because that I, I wasn't sure which one you're talking about. Because the other scene too from uh, 55. When, when oh, that's awesome too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good stuff. There's two awesome scenes, ironically, there's two awesome scenes in which Godzilla really doesn't do anything. He right. just yeah. shows yeah. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they it's funny, too, because he looks like in Minus One. He looks just like in Minus One in the scene they have in this episode. As he's swimming. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, I was and, surprised oh, how really much good. it looked like it. Yeah, well, they, really they had, well done. Yeah. Well, they had also done something similar right from the... Uh, Trinity test, which takes back to, not the Trinity test, uh, sorry, the, uh, Bikini Island test and, uh, which stems back to the footage from the opening of the Godzilla film where you just see the, the dorsal spines cutting through the water. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it makes sense. That's what it would probably look like. Um, I don't have, think that there was any coordination between the two ventures because one was, was Toho and one is American. No, I don't either. It just was cool how they looked so much alike with his head sticking out just a little bit and his mouth kind of under the water. <laughs> it was neat. Yeah, it was, it was really well done. But, yeah, so the, both of the scenes were pretty awesome. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we, we, we both concur on that for sure. Um well, I liked how he spit that metal thing out, the uh, whatever that thing was supposed to do. He spit it out and it flew at them. That was right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a a landmine or, or sea mine. And I I think I I liked how Suzuki said, "Yeah, that no one comes to me anymore to bring my mail or take my mail and stuff." <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking it. I don't think it had anything to do with his quirkiness or. Um, any or radiation or anything. I think it was because they thought that was a bomb that was on his boat. At least that's what I thought. I was thinking, dude, if you're going to have that thing that looks like a, a sea mine on top of your boat, and pe- people aren't going to be coming near you. So, well, it's supposed to simulate gamma radiation, which I don't quite understand how you make pretend gamma rays. Yeah, but we live in a world that doesn't have. And by the way, I I, I don't know if I mentioned this in that. I think it was episode three. Um, if I did, I'll repeat it here anyway. I like the fact that they acknowledge that if the kaiju exists, that it rewrites our sciences. You know, speaking as the science teacher, that it rewrites <laughs> they can what do we anything. <laughs> that it re- that yeah, it basically rewrites our physics. It rewrites our biology. It re- rewrites everything. Um, and I and I and I appreciate that because it it would and it but it also then gives them the excuse if they would like to pretty much ignore all the stuff that we would say would not happen and would not be possible. So when I say I don't understand what simulated gamma radiation would be, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's their physics. It's not our physics. It's MonsterVerse physics. Well, and I've, you know, I've the, come to the point where I just kind of turn off a certain part of my brain when I watch a lot of this stuff. 
um, because of that. <laughs> As you probably should, because these are giant monster movies. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and it's nice when, like uh, Minus One, you don't have to. Uh, and there are times when you have to shut off your brain, and then there's times where you actively have to, uh, like, camp down on your brain and just yes. tell it to shut up. And I think, like, like Godzilla versus Kong, that story, I think, was very much in that, in that category of the – because the story was just so bad there. Yes. Um, but, boy, the monster fight scenes were great. <laughs> but the monster stuff was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, but um, – yeah, so I appreciate that they said that. So it's – yes, I do think – one of the things they noticed, um, I don't think this was their intent. They mentioned um, in the – previously on, right, it shows the one segment of uh, Gintanji's, um art project where he's talking about how – you superimpose one image over another and it becomes something else. And I was thinking just how much really that does explain can be used as to filter and look at a lot of things in this episode and that you see a lot of things where people seeing the same thing in a different way. Um, and a good example was that device. And I try to remember where one says, is it like, um, uh, so it's like, is it, uh, is it like a phone? I call them, right? Versus something to, to, to control them or summon them. It's like just little, just little things like that. You know, you have different visions of the monsters, monsters as weapons versus monsters as miracles. Um, and you're seeing things through the, whose perspective are you seeing it through? You know, whose image are you laying on over top of Godzilla, over top of the gamma device? Um, so I just thought that that's an interesting way. It's just of the idea of competing visions of different ways of looking at things. And that's one thing I kind of like that they do. I've been doing in hindsight kind of throughout the series thematically. That's fine. Like, what, well, that you, you have these different competing views of people. Like, is, is you know, who is my father? You have, and you keep finding new information that you superimpose over that, and it changes your perspective of who the father is. You have the competing vision of what is Godzilla. Is Godzilla a monster? Is Godzilla a miracle? Is Godzilla a weapon? Right. right. So you have these things, and it's, again, it's, you can, if you want, and again, I don't know if it's just that it's reality, and anything that deals with reality is going to deal with this, um, or if this was done with knowledge with the, the with the art show, which is the, the theme of that you can that you can layer one image on top of another and create something new. And this is the idea that we see keep seeing things from different perspectives and different perceptions and it's changing how we see the thing that people are looking at. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, 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 just, I, I just thought I, that was well, that was a neat thing. Um like I said, I don't think that's why it was there. I'm pretty sure the only reason they put the image thing in the uh, the previously on was so that they could do the scene with yeah, figuring Tim. out the pinholes in the map. I, I liked Tim's better version better because the the one that from the the prior the kids seemed you know first of all it just brought me back me to Indiana Jones, but second of all. To, to get it perfectly where he was able to 
put it right on the on the window and the light lines up perfectly. Obviously, that's that was a little convenient. But the way Tim did it, Tim was just using common sense based off of his intelligence and was able to put it together, even if if the map is reversed, where east is west and west is east, you know, compared to regular maps where where the, the west is on, you know, is the United States and South America and North America and Canada and all that. Well, the east is always on the, the right side of the map. In this map, it's reversed, and, but he was smart enough to figure that out because they used the center was where Godzilla first came up, which was in Bikini Island. So the center of the map is Bikini Island, not uh, on the right side of the map that it, or, or the far left side of the map that it would usually be. So I liked his way better versus the the, the silliness of the prior episode. Which, which I want to point out, if you hold up a piece of paper with pinholes in it, um, yeah. that, is, that is not the effect that you're going to get. Right. Uh, but, but you know, that's, that's yeah. fine, but you're right. It is. Now, it could have been done specifically as an homage to the map room. Uh, I thought that was clever. I still think, boy, he did a really good job of drawing a map for memory. Um, oh, I can do map, that. I, I, I don't know if you could draw it that well. I, I can draw it. I can, well, I, I, I've done it before on a, on a giant chalkboard. I, I drew the entire map of Europe and countries that are from memory. So it is possible. And if he has that knowledge, it's possible. So uh, I, I don't... It's, the coastlines were pretty precise. Um, and he also happened to have it overlaid in the exact position of where that map would be. Well, you can take two maps, point. even if it's oriented in the same way, even yep. if the posters are the same size. You're still not necessarily going to get a perfect matchup because yeah, there's distortions because, whenever you flatten the map. Right. And, and also, even if he has the intelligence to build a map that size based off of uh, the whiteness of the wall, you know, because you, you can see the, the shadow of the map because, you know, where the clean wall is versus the dirty part of the wall is where the map was covering it. So it ha he has the square. So he knows the square. And so he could use the intelligence to – choose the size and if he's smart enough he may know how like you said the top and the north longitude latitude's a little different but i concur to still get the exact algeria and the, the pinpoint is pretty tough so right, I and concerned. i also but but at the same time did we need to see him like go through 30 different versions of until he found something that made sense yeah, yeah. You know, it's we didn't we didn't need to see everything that he would have had to have done to get there, because we know that he he, he wouldn't be able to do that. He have he would have the resources. He could say, you know, uh, what was the uh, the satellite images? Or what are the places that he was looking at? And can we? Record? He could they could have done it in ways that were more tedious and realistic, but it would have been way more complicated and and not as much fun. Uh, and sure. I think this is good because it because we we are putting Tim into uh people like competence and you know you're making him someone effective i think the whole colombo thing uh which was kind of uh i thought a fun little exchange it was i like that um, that was that was awesome yeah yeah because and, and they, they, they made him a colombo as you yeah. should that should also make him a more likable character Right, right, and and Tim, whether it was intentional, it has to be intentional that they made him like a bumbling fool the first four or five episodes, and incompetent at a low level and all this other stuff, and almost even booted out of the project before uh, he was saved by Duvall. Um, this here, and, and he's still treated like shit by his boss here, but he proves her wrong, 
and and instead of being insulted about Colombo, he 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 took it as a as his mantra. Mantra. So yeah, yeah. So so I I feel this character uh, come up and of the boss was brilliant and and it also makes me happy that they're showing that he isn't a, a bumbling fool and they're turning him into uh maybe maybe a alpha or a real a hero type or, or you know something you know i mean he he's he's a guy of action he's not just a boob he's not well, just and a, it's interesting a that person the, the person he called in has left has kind of betrayed the group <laughs> To work with Kurt Russell. So he could be part of the whole thing she was talking about, that there are others yeah. in this group that don't think it's being run correctly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it, well, and, and for him to be pissed on the, the all, all episodes, including this one, because she thought she was insulting him by saying Columbo, um, he's firmly on board, never mind being friends with Duvall, to be one of those people that say, I, I don't agree, similar to Duvall, and he could be one of those people that isn't a part of the, the establishment and is, is looking for it to be what it was originally supposed to be that Kurt Russell's character, Shaw, wanted it to be back in 1955 if he had been if he had taken over and not been removed from the project because of his own mistake monarch would be a completely different animal than what we see now in 2015 yep and i and think, I think tim, that's the, that's where they're going with that yeah yeah and and i think someone like tim could be the perfect person to to do that to lead that way assuming they Follow that route and make him "quote unquote" a good guy or 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 whatnot because he's he's definitely showing more than than a buffoon. He's showing that he's actually a mover and shaker. I feel, or he could be. Yeah, well, I think I mentioned this last week. I appreciate the fact that they didn't just create Monarch here as that super secret, ultra competent, uh, monolithic organization. That there are factions within it, that there are different degrees of competence, that there is uh, different motivations within within the group, um, that they're not just you know the outright evil group, um, that they're probably trying to do do the right thing their own way. Um, whether they're successful at it or not, we will see. And Kurt Russell says it in uh, our lead character's mom's house. Saying not all monarch people are bad. There, there, right. there, there's good and bad and, and, and everything. And even in monarch, your first impression was not the impression that everybody is in monarch happens to be. So yeah, I, I, I like that. I like, I like that a lot. Um, and all you need is a, a good percentage of folk to be good or not part of the problem to make the organization be possibly, you know, go in the right direction by the end of the the season. I, I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, if we look at the movies, those movies take place, place years later and Monarch's still effed up. But at least... Uh, it's not really, not in the same way. Yeah, um, that's, that's true because uh, uh, Chandler or whatever that actor's name, he, he was a pretty solid guy. In, in the monarch of the present. So, yeah, that's a fair point, Mike. I'll take that back. I'll pull that statement back. Um, but they also had his wife 
that guy's wife in the the current ones, and she's like trying to fix the world by freeing all the monsters. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That That's shows right. the factions are still existing. And yeah. They're, yeah. They're, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put it back. I'm going to put it back on the board. Never mind. No, no, but she, but, Monarch, <laughs> but, but she wasn't working with, she was working with Monarch, but Monarch didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> she was a faction though. <laughs> oh, she was a faction of, of one. She was working with, uh, with, uh, eco terrorists, uh, with, 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 with Tyrion, Lan- uh, Tywin Lannister. Yeah. Uh, to to destroy the world. Um, <laughs> no, we're gonna remake the world in a better way. Yeah, by killing everybody <laughs> and handing it over to the monsters. Yeah, that that that's that's wonderful. Uh, so, and I think, I, what is the what is the French woman's name again? Duval. Duval. I did like like how they handled her character this episode. Me too. Um, yeah. And, and so that was pretty good. Um, I will also say, I don't know if you noticed, when they, uh, she mentions her sister. Um, and it turns out her sister yes. and whatever, the, yeah, the sister's name is the name of Brian Cranston's wife from the first film. So whether that is intended oh, to be the same character. Oh, I didn't oh, notice it, that. That's it, awesome. It, it, it has to be, yeah. It has to be, yeah, it has it, to it, be. It, it, it could very well be, especially since that was also played by a French actress, even if she didn't have a French accent. Right, and, and she, her her name in that last name was Cranston's character's last name, right? Because she, she took was the married name. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I think I think it's it's absolutely uh, the case. Who, who was the actress that played her in that one? I can't even remember. So long ago. So oh, long I have long. to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have, I. It's been a while. My brain is telling me one thing, but I know it's wrong. Uh. Right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Ryan Cranston, wife and Godzilla actress. Let's see who that brings up. Robin Dearden. Robin Dearden. He's married to. Robin. Oh no, no, that's who he's married to in real life. It didn't answer me. Right. That sucks. Uh. Yeah, it's never going to find it because her character was too small to, to just pop up. I thought it would pop up. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We, we get the idea, but it it was an intentional tie back, most likely. Um, right. Sure. Um, so, uh, and it gives her a motivation why she joined Monarch because she wanted. Uh, oh, answers. Julia Pinoche. Answers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Julia, Julia Pinoche. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. I forgot it was her. I haven't seen the film for so long. Yeah, and she's a huge actress. She's like an award-winning actress. Yeah. yeah. My brain was telling me Genevieve Bujol, but it wasn't wasn't her. Um, yeah, and I would have remembered if it was uh, – uh, what's that? Was the, the one from uh, 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 Contagion. Uh, what was her name? The, the really good-looking one. Uh, uh, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, Marianne Cotillard. I would have remembered her. I would have remembered her if it was her. And I know she wasn't going to. Um, all right. So where else do we want to go at this point here? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't get this boss woman of Tim's boss and Duvall's boss. She's kind of, I mean, obviously they're intentionally making her annoying. Um, but I feel she's just more too annoying. She doesn't seem stupid. 
Um, well, she, she's, she seems like a, I don't know, I don't want to use the word, but she's a class to be scumbag because it's like, why would she insult Tim? Why, why is she being a dink? Why is she anything? I mean, you figure she'd want a positive environment, a work environment and get things to work. Instead, she's well, just I think, a hindrance. Um, I, I think based on what we've seen so far that from their interactions, just from that first scene where we're introduced to her, uh, yeah. and that she basically dresses down Tim, that Tim has a history and that they have a history and the history is that he's kind of a fuck up. Um, yeah, yeah that's true. So I, I, I don't think it's without merit. Um, that's yeah. just my thought. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, where else do we want to go? Uh, anywhere about the episode, whether it's the past or the, or the, the present storyline. Um, I don't know if there's anything else on anybody's list. Well, it was funny because we got to the kids leaving and again, they become fractured because the one girl says, Hey, I was betraying you guys. And I'm just why like, would, why would she even tell them? I would just, at that point nothing. it didn't matter. Right. I mean, yeah. it was like, yeah, she felt guilty. She was trying to assuage her guilt. So yeah. she told yeah. them. And now it has just created more drama between that one little group that I already don't care about. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Get them to break up yet again. Right. Right. <laughs> While right. they are all, it's like, now let's be, also understand that the silliness of them breaking up because they are all marching in the same direction in the middle of nowhere. Right. 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 So how are they going to so, break up? Yeah, exactly. yeah, so they, this is, yeah, it's one thing if they break up once they get back to civilization, you right. know, um, but yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's just a thing. <sighs> yeah, yeah so this is where I think they, another place where I think they screwed up. I, I don't, I don't know, for me, the, the, the moment they should have ended was with Godzilla walking off into the distance. Um, right. That was a an awesome place to end the episode. Yes. You're on an emotional high. This feels like the setup to the next episode and should yep. have been saved to start the next episode because I because instead of leaving me with this really pumped up feeling, I was kinda left with a eh feeling. That is brilliant, Mike. You're exactly right. They should have put that in the beginning of the next episode. Right. And they've already advertised the next episode as one of those flashback episodes of May's story, and it's like, ugh, more soap opera crap. It's like, <laughs> so, um, ugh. one of the people I, I heard, and just, I, I was just kind of on a random play while I was driving, so I have no idea who this was. My apologies. Um, I mentioned that the first episode, that these were, were given out to reviewers early. Uh, yeah. so this is a reviewer has seen the entire thing, um, okay. and does say that it, it gets better going on that they are saving stuff for later in the series and that basically we push through the the rough spot and unfortunately yeah we are in this place now with current tv shows because they're all doing these um ongoing story arcs as opposed to episodes these serialized format as opposed to individual episodes right where they're all so intent on stretching out the narrative that a lot of them hit this middle ground where they're clearly killing time until they can get to like the final three episodes. Right. And I think that was, uh, and, and there's any number of shows where you can fault that and spot that uh, phenomenon. 
Uh, and I think that's where we were in the last two episodes. And hopefully this has pushed through. And we will not have that going forward. And hey, yeah, because- you never know. Maybe they do something with May to make us make her interesting. That's I actually possible. like her the best of those three. <laughs> There's something about the actress, and um, I'd seen this actress in uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the film was. It was from like 2018 uh, about a woman on stuck on a desert island with a with a fish monster. Mm. Um, fish monster. Yeah, really? uh, sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good. Um, it was a good. It was good, and she was good in that. But I find her performance here; she seems very lethargic. I would agree. Um, yeah, she does. You're right. But I still she, like she, her better than the she's other. She's got a, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just don't know. Still, why she's here? So she mentions now that she has a bunch of money that she stole from people. Apparently, yeah. Uh, so why is she there? <laughs> so, well, but yeah, that will give yeah. them some financial means. Well, um, I don't think she stole enough money to, to fund Monarch because you, then. <laughs> it, 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 what it was kind of reminds me of is like like in uh, Scream five or six, one of the last two. Uh, there was this kid that was just a friend, and he kept on going along with them. And it's like, why is he even here? Because he, he's not involved. He could just walk away. And and for her, yeah, I mean, she's once she was in L.A., they could have just she could have just stayed. There was no reason for her to leave. She says, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm not going. Was, why would she go to Algeria? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not like well, she... Because they, 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 they basically strong-armed her um, and said, we're going to rat you out to whoever the people were who you're in trouble with. Yeah, that's a fair point. If you're not the money came this... from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. but, all right, all right, well, let me, let me ask you this then. Why, why did Duval want her to go? At that point, she didn't, doesn't need her anymore. She just said, all right, uh, yeah, she would have just well, said, but we're, we're taking the two kids, but we don't need Duval. Yeah, I don't know why she brought her along because she was basically there as a plant until they got right. to them, right? And so right. once they got to them, she became superfluous, and, and that was done. But right. she went along anyway. Anyway weird right and Duvall wanted her to go but she is kind of marked I mean she's marked by Monarch Monarch's gonna be looking for her yeah once they realize Duvall is turned onto Kurt Russell's side so yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, well, that's a, that's the thing is is like you said, Mike. That the sh- this is a shorter season. It's not like twenty four episodes, so it's not like they can have the the monster of the week uh, episode and and expand the episode to twenty four. But when they do have these extra episodes, they and they got to do figure out what to do because this is a non monster of the week episode. It's just a, episodes of of story uh telling from a to z they they go and do things that aren't necessary when they could have filled in stuff like uh more detail about may and being blackmailed instead of us finding out in episode seven instead of we we should have probably found this out earlier and so and then also why i mean not that the show was any good but the last of us television series they had stand, uh standalone episodes you know quote unquote monster of the week episodes so if they wanted to burn time here they could they still could have done that they could have had a non related episode of monarch finding some monster well, cuz i think they were trying to both burn time and save money that would be my yeah. guess 
Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, they had to burn time because they wanted to make sure it was to 10 episodes. Um, and yeah, you're probably right to save money. Yeah. Because they already knew they had a built-in audience. So there was going to be people that were going to watch it. Now, the question is, are the people going to stick with it? And maybe. But but still, some stuff they've done, you know, they could have made different decisions, I, I feel. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's just my opinion. Well, I still think, you know, um, there really was just, to me, uh, I still think last week was 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 not a good episode. I think two weeks ago was mediocre. Other than that, I've been enjoying it, so I think it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's I, it's I, a, it's a, there, and a lot of it is unfortunately symptoms of modern storytelling. Um, and I think we yeah. harped on the fact that those standalone episodes really hurt a lot of the, or I know I did, the uh, the momentum of the story arc in Last of Us. Right? Is that yeah. They kept taking these side stories, and then we were supposed to have this uh, relationship between our two main characters that we never saw develop because we kept cutting away to a side story. Right. That but had nothing to do with the main story. Nothing to do with the main story and characters I didn't even care about. <clears throat> yes, I was, that's a fair point, Mike. Yep. yep, I like it. Good point. Uh, let's see. Anything else in anybody's list that we didn't – get to yet that we wanted to talk to or other things that we wanted to add to what we've already talked to about anyone anyone no just that i'm a little more enthused than i was after the last episode so that's good well and and that's fair but like mike said they didn't end it at the right spot and we're already um, at least for me i'm worried that the next episode is just going to be horrible soap opera crap about me <laughs> i know <laughs> you know and i don't care if i like the actress and i don't care but i'm talking about the show and 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 how they did the flashback scenes in the last two episodes before the the half siblings and those episodes were just horrible i felt um except for the monster stuff so i'm i'm worried that they're going to do that here uh but you know we'll figure it out i i like you, like you said Brad i wish they would just focus on on uh the the Kurt Russell character the, or the postseason stuff or or even 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 Tim's character i think Tim's story is better than the kids i agree His yeah i think awesome. i think that the kids just need to go if they and if they kept the same like rhythm with the flashbacks to 1950s to the present time, and they were kind of showing how the past affected the future, and we had monarch in both, and how they develop and how they are now, I think it would be very interesting. Um, we don't need the kids; it's just a total waste of time. Yeah, I would, I would have liked uh, Godzilla to have eaten them in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, or, or that that or that jeep had run them over. You know, they they pulled a Numi replace. Oh, I mean a Charlie Theron and didn't run out of the way or something. And they, got, <laughs> they got squashed. But unfortunately, we, we're stuck with them. Yeah. Well, because honestly, those are the main characters of the show, as far as what I can tell. The the show things. Yeah. 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 I mean, the poster shows uh, the two versions of Russells. As as the main characters with the they're other characters. my main character. I'll tell you that right now. But maybe I'm just old. <laughs> but yeah, I mean they should be because they're 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 great. And, oh, I have to say in this episode, I saw the the true resemblance between father Meets, and son. Uh, yeah, he uh, he looks it was unbelievable. Way more like how, him in this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have the same 
shape of face and everything. It's like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Not surprising they're related, but nope. <laughs> but, but, but it was cool to see. It's like, oh yeah, you can see that that is his son, yeah. and that's his dad. And their uh, voices are so much alike too, so it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now well, uh, let's talk about one last thing. Anyway, I want to bring up, which is a uh, pocket again, and we, we kind of alluded to it, but I. I I think you're on the same page as me, Barrett, which is either pocket is just making a point is, is we need you here and you have to make this decision. You're going to stay here or you're going to go to the field. And I don't Yeah. This is the military. Not, it's not yeah. like a job, like normal job. This is, you either want to be part of command or you yeah. don't. Right. Right. Well, it's I mean, not even that it's they, they're there to get the budget approved. Right. right. He, he got, you know, and I appreciate this because normally it would be, oh, well, you know, we got the budget approved in the next episode. We're moving into shiny new offices. That's not how our government works. <laughs> there is layer upon layer upon layer of bureaucracy. Uh, so just because somebody promised you some money doesn't mean you're going to get it until you jump through a number of hoops. And right. he had to jump through hoops and he wasn't there to do it. They needed the guy there to make the case for Monarch. Um, and he let him down, right? Yeah, his and, own coworkers wanted him to do that and asked him to do that, and he still didn't. Right, and right. he showed he basically couldn't be trusted. And didn't care right. about their well-being in the way that they wanted him to care about it. They wanted him to make sure they had the budget to keep doing what they were doing, which they felt is important work, and that they could take care of themselves. Right, right. And, and again, you know... I can understand uh, the libido and love and all these other things. You know, people do a lot of things and think and understand that not everything is as important as maybe a life with someone. So I, I get yeah, what you, I, get, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But 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 but. I don't think it was the end all or be all because once he got the money. He now is the lead head of the monarch, and he can take business trips as he needs to, which means he could have gone that day, you know, after, you know, two days later after he got the money or the funding right. or whatever, right. you know. So, so if he can't handle forty-eight hours, then you, you know he's he's definitely uh, a reactionary rather than someone that that. Can't be, and, and and that's unfortunate because I, I can understand being a reactionary. It's like you know you you want to do what you want to do, but but you gotta you gotta still keep the day job, you know. I mean that's yep. that, you know, and and he 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 kind of dropped the ball on that, which is really unfortunate. Um, so yeah, yeah that, that was that was unfortunate, and and Pocket, I'm sure is pissed at him because Pocket liked him. Pocket respected him. Pocket uh, didn't invite him to his cookout, but but you know, with his family. But he was willing to talk to him, and he laid it right out for him. He goes, you know, he basically said, uh, if you interpret, you know, boil everything away, this is what he said: I like you. I think you're going to be a good leader. I think you could be a mover and shaker in this organization and in the military. I need you here. I hope you choose to to keep your head here and or do this. I don't want you to go off and just disappear on site because we need you here. And I don't think he was saying 
pocket again was saying, I don't want you to be with that woman, and I don't want you to go onto the field ever. What he was saying is you just got to have to put your priorities correctly and then do as you do. And, and, and you know, I, I know a lot of people, uh, like my brother, for example, who has has his job and he takes business trips when he, he needs to and he can make the decision when to do, do those business trips. And the thing is, is once they got the money and he's – once they do get the money, he's going to be in charge. Uh, Shah is going to be the head of Monarch. Of this, you know, this division of the U.S. military monarch, and then he could make those decisions, but he, he not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was unfortunate. That was unfortunate. And, and they I seem think, to get someone that doesn't like him, or at least is very adversarial to them. Right. So that's even worse. Yeah, yeah, and, and Puckett, I think, felt, feels betrayed. We don't even have to see his reaction. We just know that he's betrayed. We, you know, he feels that way, and, and and he's disappointed, you know, and he decides to go with someone that he can trust, someone that will listen to him, someone that will follow the rules, someone that won't be a reactionary. Now, whether well, or not I, that I guy's... think he, he might not have been totally in control of who got in charge once Shaw left because it looked bad, so yeah. then – that's you true. know, he has his own bosses that are probably like, well, he's it's not important to him. Put that this guy in true. charge. Yeah. That is true. That is true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we've seen it. I, I was actually rewatching Beverly Hills Cop, the first one, uh, the other day. And, uh, um, Great movie. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but the first and second are so good. Yeah, um, they are. And um, how Taggart and the other guy keep on screwing up, and his boss – then gets ripped by the chief and he gets pulled off the thing too. And, and so he, meaning his boss, Ronnie Cox's character has it all set, you know, wants it done this way, his people betray him or screw up and then he gets pulled himself. So yeah, even Puckett could have been screwed. We don't know what happened to Puckett. Puckett, they could be pissed at Puckett. We just know the end effect was this guy is now in charge and they have no control. They have a budget, though, obviously. Yeah. Yes, they do. They do. It's just with a different guy heading it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so what this what this means to Shaw is that he's not going to get promoted any further, and that means you retire with your pension. And you go Except he's a colonel, so he, he, he clearly isn't going to retire a captain. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, which is a colonel pay that was pretty good. Most people uh, – tr- once you get to colonel – You've, you've quote unquote made it. If you can't get the colonel, you just got to retire. A buddy of mine, he got the major and he knew he wasn't going to get the colonel, so he just finally retired and, and he took his pension. If you get the colonel, then you've made it. But the question is, or lieutenant colonel, is, and then you go to colonel, but same thing. Um, you have to see if you can get to a general. And if you can't get to a general, then you eventually just retire out, out, out as well. And and so, yeah, so Shaw, he should have he probably just packed it in at that moment. I would have I would have packed it in. Yep. Packed it in. But well, at some always, point he does. Yeah, yeah. Well so, uh, yeah, I would love to see what happens to have him well hopefully we find out in this uh, this season that he why he was under house arrest. So it, it, that's that's I would hope we at least get an inkling to that. <laughs> I don't have to have the whole story, but I'd like to have an idea of why he's under house arrest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, he doesn't do what he's told a lot. 
Right, right, <laughs> right. And, and, yeah, exactly. And, and when we see Keiko Maori or Maori Keiko, when she dies, we already know that he's just a a field person at this point. Yep. You know, so so, and once she dies, that whole dynamic it has to is is probably gone from Monarch and, and Monarch because she she was the brains behind Monarch, and so when she croaks. Or disappears, if you prefer, because we don't know if she's really dead because it happened off camera. Um, he, you know, Randa was pretty important, too, but Randa wasn't the guy that the government picked. They picked Kayoko. And so Randa just joined because he happened to stumble upon them, right? So once Kayoko's gone, what, what what's left? Of of Shah's power in in the organization, I don't know. I don't. I don't who knows? Well, we. I hope we get all these answers. I, I'd really be curious. Shah's Sh- mm-hmm. character is so interesting now that we got we got to get all his story, and I, I don't know if they're going to give it to to us in in the time that's left. But we'll find out. Yep. Um. All right. So anything else? Anyone? Anyone? Not for me. Right. Mike. No, nope, I'm good. All right, sounds good. So four, four more episodes to go. Four more episodes to go. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll be back obviously next week. But we got some more information here. We got some more stuff. We got kaiju of the week, 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 week. And it's your turn, Mike. <laughs> that, that was kind of nerdy, wasn't it? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, pick an American kaiju. Oh, can uh, Kong. No, not Kong. I was trying, I'm trying not to go with uh, with the big ones. ones. Yeah. With, the, with the big ones, uh, everyone everyone knows Kong. So I'm just I'm just going to go with um, certainly one of my uh, favorite monsters of the last uh, 50 years, and those would be the Graboids from Tremors. All right. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So explain for folks who haven't seen the movie what the, what's that's all about. What are what are Graboids? What's going on here? Well, I by the way, I would certainly uh, if uh, you can be forgiven for uh, perhaps thinking uh, the Graboids are uh, maybe inspired by the sandworms from Dune, and they're, they're, you wouldn't probably be wrong. But the Graboids are giant underground. Uh, by giant, uh, they, they'd be small on kaiju size, right? They're about, about 30 feet long. Would be my yeah, guess. when you get to the bigger one, yeah, probably. Maybe even bigger, but. Maybe bigger, maybe up to 50 feet, but they're not Godzilla-sized. Right, yeah, um, right, right. But they're, they're right. as big as that 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 ice monster from Alaska. Yeah, about that size. Pretty close, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, so if you've never seen the movie Tremors starring uh, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, by directed by Ron Underwood, uh, came out in 1990. Um, it is just a really, really well written, really, really fun and funny film. Um, I think it's one of the best giant monster movies ever made um and it's they are it, the the graboids are are we we don't ever find out where they come from or at least not in the first of the many 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 movies where they where they come from if they're prehistoric or if they're from space or what have you but uh they just move through the desert and they hunt things underground uh tracking their vibrations um they're they have three tongues or tentacles in their mouths that are kind of like moray eels with horns. 
that they use to grab things and tear them apart. Um, and and it's just, they're just they're a, a a a good creature in a fun film. And then I should add, when you get to the later films, um, Tremor two, and then there's Tremors three. They added they go like the whole alien life cycle thing, <laughs> and you get uh because by the time Tremors two came out, they had done Jurassic Park. Um, they have a, a, a like their offspring come out as sort of like Velociraptor-sized monsters, which then also can mutate into a flying version, which I think comes around in episode in the third film, if I remember correctly, which they get nicknamed as uh, Ass Blasters. Um, and then eventually reverting back to the giant worm mode. Um, the first film is far and away the best. Um, Kevin Bacon disappears after the first film. He was trying to get a Grimmer's reboot going, but that failed to take off. Um, Fred Ward returns for the second, and then I think he disappears. Um, and then the sequels are of mixed quality. The highlight really is probably Michael Gross's character of Burt Gummer, who's a survivalist. Um, but yeah, I just, it just, if you haven't watched the Tremors films, I highly recommend it, uh, giving them a shot, at least give, give them a run through until you get to the ones that are just too bad to, to sit through. And even the TV series that was on the sci-fi channel around 2000 was surprisingly not bad. So, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all available on some form of streaming. Uh, certainly available on DVD. And in fact, I think they just came out with an HDX special edition 4K of the second film. The first one's been out on a special edition, like Arrow release of the first for a long, for a while. And now they've come out with the second. So that surprised me. It's definitely the golden age of getting old stuff on uh new format <laughs> with Vinegar Syndrome and, you know, all those companies that are doing all the really cool 4K releases of stuff. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Yeah, they, they did it. Uh, what was it? Arrow that did Ga, uh, the Gamera series. And uh, um, oh, what was the one that I always love? Uh, it's the three films about the the giant uh, statue. The statue? That, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dom, Dom, yeah, I, Dom, yeah Dom, something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. That was, they did it too. Uh, that's a, another one that, that has a, a new um, – I shouldn't have brought that up because that's probably that's going to be my next one <laughs> choice. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, well that one or or Yarg the space. But either way, um, the yeah, the, the Barrett, you're absolutely right. All these these new 4K, 2K, Blu-ray, HD versions of all these films, it's it's pretty awesome. And yeah, I and, just got Starship Troopers 4K, and it, the bo- the box is amazing as it is. Oh, what by the way, is that one. It's the 25th anniversary of Starship Troopers. It's a steel box. Uh, but is it from like one of the like I'm not sure. Who it's from, I'm not sure. Oh. I got it on Amazon, but uh, okay. the, the steel book is really awesome looking. <laughs> what about? Have you got it yet? Yeah, I posted some pictures on uh, Facebook. Oh, gotcha. Oh, I didn't see it. Now, uh, what were you saying, Mike? Before? I was saying the four. Did I mentioned the giant sandworms. Um, the 4K for Dune, a special edition from Arrow, I think, has been on sale all week on Amazon. Which Dune? Uh, for, for the original Dune. 
the yeah, uh, David Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Um, it looks like it's actually uh, Sony Pictures. It's not even a, a boutique label that's that gave, uh, released the Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I just saw um, it, and I was like, oh, I got to have the 4K of that, even though I think the movie's cheesy at this point, but I still love watching it. Right, right. <laughs> well, well, you, you get to see Dana Meyer and Denise Richards in 4K. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take it. Um. All right. So, all right. So that was a good one, Mike. Uh, the the grabbers. I like it. Well done. Yeah. Um. All right. So I think that's pretty much our uh, review of tonight's episode. So let's give our final thoughts. Uh. So, uh, Barrett, uh, your final thoughts on episode six of Monarch Legacy of Monsters entitled "Terrifying Miracles." Yeah, I thought, again, I think this episode was a return to form for the beginning of the series that I really liked. Um, I would like them to continue this, but I still think we're going to get some episodes that do not fit that format and are going to kind of let me down. But I'm hopeful, and we'll see where it leads. we got four episodes left. Um, all the monster scenes, no matter what, are great. So I'm still loving those. So this show is not the best show of the year. It's definitely not the worst show of the year. Um, it's it's serviceable, and I'm enjoying it mostly. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Barrett. Uh, I would concur. Uh, pretty much everything you said. Uh, uh, the only difference is, is after the last two episodes, I, I probably would would have never got to see this this episode because <laughs> I would have just stopped watching the show after that. But but uh, since we're doing a podcast, uh, I lucked out and was able to get to get to see a, a pretty decent episode of television uh, with some really good special effects. Uh, like you said, uh, the the monster of Godzilla uh, in this one looked uh, really good, uh, like like movie quality, not just a television series quality. So uh, it was pretty good. And even with the, the few flaws we did have in this episode, um, I uh, I have to say it was pretty pretty solid and fun. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah, um, I don't know about everybody else. I'm enjoying the show. I, I'm not letting the last two episodes. And I didn't even have that big of a problem with the episode four. It wasn't, like, the greatest, but it, it's uh, – yeah, five is the one that, that just eh. – but um, I, I think this is a problem with the 10-episode season is if you have two-week episodes, that's 20% of the show. Um, I think this is back on the right track. Um, I'm very happy for this episode. I could skip the last two because not much happens in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to where we go next week. And I'm looking forward to hopefully, I, I do know we get the, was it the, the creature from, uh, uh, where was it? Kazakhstan or Kurdistan? Where were we in the first episode? Oh, episode? Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. I do know that the creature for Kazakhstan is going to make a return at some point, uh, though whether it's in the past or the present, I don't know. Um, I, I'm hoping we get more monsters because we were getting a monster a week, and now we've just had three weeks where the only thing we've seen is Godzilla. Even if Godzilla was freaking awesome this week, um, I'd like to see more monsters. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We want to see monsters. 
Um, all right, so that's pretty good. So uh, that's our episode for tonight. So uh, once again, darkdiscussions at aol.com is the email. I put in the subject kaiju, uh, K-A-I-J-U, kaiju, um, or even monarch. If, if kaiju is too hard for you to spell, just type in monarch in the subject. And then whatever your subject is, and we will read your email on the podcast, uh, assuming it is polite and uh, actually is topical to uh, – I guess Kaiju in general, uh, or the show or the podcast. Um, you can, uh, follow us on our other podcasts as well. And, uh, let's get, go through those in a moment. So I'll do the first one, uh, the Dark Discussions podcast, which is the main podcast of the network. Uh, myself, Barrett, and Mike are joined by co-host Eric, and we talk about, uh, a genre films weekly. It's a weekly podcast, so horror films mostly, thrillers as well, and sometimes, uh, various other things. Uh, but we, yeah, we, we definitely, um, definitely, um, uh, have had a long run doing that. And, uh, I'm actually going to be watching Dark Harvest, uh, probably after this podcast episode here, uh, cause that's our next topic. Um, <laughs> so let's go with you, Barrett. Uh, what's the, uh, episode, uh, uh, I should say the podcast that me, you do with a handful of other co-hosts, including Mike sometimes. Uh, what's that one all called? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. We pretty much review just about anything on there, uh, directors, writers, actors um we review books all sorts of stuff the last thing we did was dread uh with our favorite actor dan lynch um that was a really fun review and that's up for listening to um and our next item i think is gonna probably be i don't know what is it gonna be you tell me phil uh our next topic you mean yeah uh i think it, it is either gonna be um, uh, uh, the Cohen film. Uh, what's that one called again? Uh, oh, right. Uh, Lebowski or is that the, the one? Big, yeah, the Big Lebowski, or it's going to be um, Peacemaker. Peacemaker, the television series. But we're <laughs> going to do both. We're going to do both. So uh, yeah, we'll we need to. Yeah, so look yep. for that. Uh, and uh, Mike, uh, what's that podcast that me, you, and Eric do? Uh, that would be the Cinema a la Carte podcast which was created as a venue in which we could discuss things that are not uh, horror-related or monster-related necessarily. Uh, and so uh, we have done films such as uh, uh, The Edge, uh, Hostels, um, Collateral, uh, History of Violence, uh, Flash Gordon, um, Side Adventure, among many others. So... Uh, that comes out on a roughly monthly basis. It really is one that we squeeze in since we all do a variety of different things. Uh, Eric has already does two podcasts before you start getting other podcasts involved. You do, I don't even know how many podcasts now. Um, but so we, we squeeze it in when we can. Uh, but it tends to be about once a month. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, Barrett, what was the podcast that me, you, Kevin Letts, and Sean Fox just wrapped up? Oh, Hancock and the One Piece was the name of the podcast. The show was called One Piece, and it is the best show of 2023, in my humble opinion. Um, it was great to do a podcast on, and I'm looking forward to the next season, which we will definitely podcast on. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Kevin Letts, uh, co-host Kevin Letts, is actually – 
stream, streaming through uh, the anime, as a matter of fact. And I think he's on season seven now. And like yeah, he's, an, he's an addict now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's going to be know more about the show than me. You know, all he has to do is read the manga now. But, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, that's it for now. So, uh, once again, um, we will uh, have this podcast released on uh, the 21st. Thursday the 21st, uh, and then the 22nd is the next episode of the, the actual television show called Will the Real May Please Stand Up, and then we will be recording that, um, and we'll, we'll discuss when we're going to record that, because again, we're, we're, it's coming during uh, holiday week, so uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. I hope they open that episode with Eminem. Well, the real may please. Oh, I, I don't get the <laughs> reference because I, I never listened to Eminem. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but either way, uh, that's pretty much it. So, uh, Barrett, why don't you lead us out? Thanks for joining us for King of Kaiju, the sixth episode, and we will be back next week for a new episode. Monarch was there in San Francisco. When the whole city was coming down, these guys were taking pictures, like they've been waiting for it. You think that your father was working for them? This stuff wasn't as safe. Who are they? What's Monarch? This is the world we live in. Monsters are an inescapable reality. Those files belong to us, and they are more important than you could possibly imagine. This is going to give me nightmares. Now, you can choke down that monarch lie. About your father disappearing. Or we can find out what really happened. Before it's too late. Oh my god, go, go, go! This world, it's not ours. Believe me. It is so much more vast than we could possibly imagine. These monsters and monarchs taken everything from me. No more. The world is on fire. If you want to save millions of lives, we can use some help.